for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Hannah Sheesday. How's it going today, Hannah? It's going pretty good. Just um, enjoying the day off yeah. or Veterans Day. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And, and you're in um, Boston right now. What, what's the weather doing in Boston right now? I haven't stepped out today at all, <laughs> but in the last few days, it's been uh, not too hot. Not, no. not too cold, you know, like in the middle. Pretty good. <laughs> this kind of sounds like what we're doing down here in Texas. We've been oh. in the 70s, like the low 70s. And so it's been, it's that weird time of year where you go out into the sun and it's like super hot, but mm-hmm. you step into the shade and it's like freezing. And it's yeah. like, I don't know if I wear a long sleeve shirt or what, what do I wear, but. Yeah. So. I think right now the high here has been like 60. Oh, so wow. I'm not 70 anymore, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then um, so you're in Boston currently. Are you from Boston originally or where are you from originally? I'm originally from Mexico City in okay. Mexico. And uh yes. And how'd you uh, find your way to Boston? Oh, I came here for college actually. Um I came here 10 years ago this year. Like uh August 11th this year was 10 years since I'm here. And uh, I came here for music school. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where'd you go to school? Uh, University of Mass, is that? Yeah, I went to UMass Boston, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, how, how'd you, and you've, gra- obviously you've graduated from there and you're past school. Yeah, I, I graduated at UMass in 2016. So okay. it's been a and would bit. you would you study there just music or was it like a specific kind of music? Would you study at UMass? So the music program there is just like general music and you choose what instrument you want to focus on. And mm-hmm. um, I focused on violin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. And uh, so perfect kind of segue, uh, who, why did you choose the violin? The violin. Oh, so I, I have been playing it since I was 15. And before that, I played other instruments. I played piano and guitar, but I always wanted to learn the violin. I, I really liked the sound of it. And I, re- I just was very into music, classical music back then. So I was a lot like performing with orchestras and things like that. So when I got admitted to UMass, I, I stayed with the violin and I just focused on that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And then who, uh, kind of taking a step back, who introduced you to music or what was your introduction into music originally when you were a young kid? I think it was all thanks to my parents. Uh, both of my parents are very, very musically inclined. They are actually both medical doctors, uh, but they both played instruments at some point in their life. And at mm-hmm. some point they were both in ensembles, either in like, uh, you know, bands with their friends or uh, um choirs Mm -hmm. um yeah so like they all they both love music and they always like my mom put put me on piano lessons when I was very young and I really liked it from I I never stopped doing it really and it was I think when I was 
14 that I, I decided I wanted to study music professionally. Oh. Yeah. Are your parents still in Mexico City or they make their way to Boston with you? My Well, my whole family is still in Mexico City. Uh, my mom is still there. My dad passed away last year. Oh. Um, but they come to visit a lot, uh, of course, because of COVID. It hasn't been possible, but... Uh, my, like they, I tried to go down every year and um, my mom and well, my dad, when he was alive, they tried to come also like every year, but since COVID it's been hard. So yeah, we're just being patient. Yeah. <laughs> Understood. And so um, what have you kind of, with your music, what have you been doing since you graduated um, from UMass? Since I graduated. Um, so before COVID, I was in uh, in a band, in a rock band, and I was performing with a lot of uh, like pit orchestras in Boston for musicals and just like orchestra gigs. And, uh, and then I started getting into teaching and closer to 2018, I, I became part of the community music center of, sorry, yeah, community music center of Boston, which is um, like one of the main music schools in Boston. And now I work with them and also with NEMPAC, which is another music school in Boston. And I just teach male almost full time. And um, so right now that's what I've been doing, like teaching music and I, I teach songwriting and I teach violin and piano. Yeah. How do you like uh, teaching? I love teaching. Like I, I feel like in a way I was born to teach, you know, mm -hmm. uh, like it, you know, I never thought I was going to be a, a music teacher, but it just feels very natural to me to share my knowledge. And I like being patient with the students, too, because um, since, well, for example, I started learning the violin when I was about 15 years old. And a lot of people consider that late for the violin. And I just didn't like people thinking that, I mean, 15 is still young. I just didn't like people thinking that because I was not five years old, that it was too late for me. So I tried to encourage my students and tell them that, you know, age doesn't matter. Like if, if you want to do it for enjoyment, that's fine. If you actually want to someday perform for people, that's also cool. Like, I feel like everybody can do it no matter their age or their abilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, You'd mentioned that you're a multi-instrumentalist, that you play all sorts of different instruments. What was the first instrument you learned how to play? The first I learned to play was a piano. Okay. Yeah. And then you graduated to guitar or violin from there? So after piano, I started guitar and I loved it, but I just, I guess, you know, not that I lost interest, but <laughs> when I started violin, that just took all of my attention and I was like, this is it. And that's what I did mainly since I was like 14, 15. So, and um, recently, actually during the lockdown last year, I learned, I taught myself how to play the ukulele. Um, before that, I was learning some mandolin, which is. I was going to bring the up the mandolin. I was, <laughs> watching, I was watching one of your um, YouTube videos. I think it was one of your covers. And I, yeah. I, at first, I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on. I was just kind of listening to it. Yeah. I was busy over here working on some stuff. And then I looked over and I was like, oh, that's a mandolin. Okay, that's cool. And then I went back <laughs> to work and I, then I started paying attention to what you were doing. And I'm like, oh, okay, she's <laughs> a mandolin. That's cool. 
Yeah. So the mandolin is really interesting because it has the same strings as the violin. So it's very easy for me to translate what I know on the violin into the mandolin because it's the same fingerings, the same strings. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I got interested on the mandolin because I also love folk music. So um, there's a lot of mandolin in folk music. And I was like, oh, I want to learn it. And <laughs> so I was going to ask, ask if you had a love for bluegrass or mandolin. Or I do. Yeah, I love it. Because I was first introduced to the mandolin when I started getting into bluegrass music about five years ago. So, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So it's it, it was one of those things where it's always interesting to when people break out the mandolin because it's not an instrument that a lot of musicians play. Yeah. But so when you see it, it's just kind of like, ah, cool. Let, let's yeah. talk about that. So it's different. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so then you started teaching yourself mandolin. Are, is there any other instruments that you're looking at teaching yourself or that you'd like to learn? I would love to learn the trumpet. <laughs> I love the trumpet. Uh, I never really tried a lot of wind instruments. My, my focus has been mainly stringed instruments. I don't know why, especially if they are small instruments like ukuleles, mandolins, everything that's smaller because I tried to teach myself to play the cello one time and I rented a cello because I wanted to do, I had a student who, it was a little girl who their parents wanted me to teach her cello. And I was like, well, I don't play cello, but I'm gonna, I, I took some like string pedagogy classes and I was like, I, I think I know I can figure out how to do it. So I rented a cello to get used to it, to practice. Uh, <laughs> my arm was sore for like a week straight because it's like, you know, it's a big instrument and I'm not used to, to using that. I'm used to more like small ones. So I was like, yeah, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think I'll do the cello anymore. So I returned it. <laughs> I, I have, I've always had the dream. My dad's got a big, uh, upright bass, like an upright bass from when he was a young kid. Yeah. And I'm, it's been sitting in, a, it's been a family like heirloom since, as long as I've been alive, he's had it. And I've always wanted to learn how to play it. And over COVID, I was like, I kept telling my dad, like, hey, if you guys ever come visit me, bring that thing up here because it's just sitting in storage. Like, I want to learn how to play it. And then I was mm -hmm. talking to Jeff, my sound engineer, the guy that's from Worcester. He's yeah. like, you do realize, though, that if you learn how to play that instrument, you have to carry that instrument around <laughs> with you. And I'm, I'm sitting there looking at the bass and I'm like, yeah, I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I, don't no. I don't need to learn how to play this thing. <laughs> I'm 6'3". The thing, seven seven feet tall something like that and i'm like yeah, yeah i'm good i, don't I know it's like you, you pretty much sign up for having to get a car or paying for like an extra airplane seat yeah. for your instrument because yeah like it's just so big it's so big mm -hmm. so oh uh, no that's really awesome um and then so i was watching one of your another one i think it was one of your youtube videos it was like a TikTok. It was a TikTok, but you were. It was on YouTube, I believe, mm -hmm. and you were talking about how you originally, when uh, we first booked this podcast, you had a bunch of releases that were supposed to come out mm -hmm. in August, September, October, something yeah. in that ballpark. And then, obviously, because of or because of reasons, it didn't wasn't able to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and it you brought up burnout, 
that you were dealing with a lot of burnout and stuff like that. And yeah. That kind of really resonated with me because that's something that I'm dealing with currently is just a lot of burnout. It's like, I think I need to take a break for a little <laughs> bit. It's, you know, mm-hmm. so it's one of those things. So that was really interesting. Um, wh- what was kind of going on that you felt like you were getting burnt out? I, that's a, a very good question. And I'm glad you bring it up because I've been thinking a lot about it lately. I think I posted that video that you mentioned about like, like two or three days ago. Uh-huh. And what I was thinking was that, so I, I w- I've been working nonstop since the, uh, in music since the pandemic began, even, even during the lockdown, because uh, I feel like a lot of musicians saw it as an opportunity to create. Mm-hmm. And to be like, this is the time I've been waiting for, like just being at home, not having to go out, like being trying to stay sane by being productive with my music and proactive with it. So I did, do, I did a lot of music work. Like I, I, even though I did, I only released two songs. I was collaborating with other people, recording violin for their tracks. Um, I was uh, trying to meet deadlines a lot, mm-hmm. uh, trying to push myself to to do it. I, uh, I. For a few months, I, I was releasing a YouTube cover, like a music cover every week. And um, I just felt like I never, well, and then also l- last year, I, I lost my dad in May. And I feel like I never really allowed myself to rest after that, because also when you lose someone, you just look for ways to stay busy, like to keep you from like, you know, getting depressed or thinking too much about it. So. I just thought like, well, you know, my dad would have wanted me to keep on going. So this mm-hmm. is what I want to do. So I've been just going at it like nonstop. And then the school year began again in September. And I teach in, in uh, I teach music at the at public schools. So like mm-hmm. the, the music school that hires me sends me to public schools to teach. Yeah. And we were back in person. And it was that big transition from being at home every day, like, not really having to commute, which can be tough and, you know, like not going in person and being surrounded by people wearing a mask all day. So the transition was really hard for me, like the commuting, getting up, well, getting up early first, commuting, wearing the mask, um, being around, you know, tons of people. And even though I love it, I honestly, I was getting really tired of teaching online. Like I really needed to get out. It was like hard transition in that matter. And between all of that, I was like, I think I need to take one step at a time, like one thing at a time, because I really, when I teach, I really like giving my my best to the students. So I was focusing on like doing my lesson plan and really bringing them, you know, what they, what they, what they need. And also dealing with a lot of other like personal things, <laughs> you know, so, but uh, uh, yeah. So I think I got to the point where I was like, I need to take it easy on me and, you know, be kind to myself. And I feel like just now, which is the reason why I posted that video. Yeah. Just now I'm starting to feel like myself again, like, okay, now I can start, you know, recording again and performing Mm -hmm. again. Everything's kind of like going back to normal (laughs) in in a way. Yeah. So the reason I brought that video up because it spoke Mm -hmm. to me on a very personal level. And this was before that I knew, that you lost your father. I lost my mother in July. Mm, She she passed away in July. And I was very much like you were talking about, 
Um, so we found out she was sick in the end of March and my dad called me. He was like, Hey, I need you. If you can't, if you can work it, I really need your help. If you can work remotely down in Florida and help me just take care of your mom, make sure she gets to her appointments, all that fun stuff. Um, I could really use your help. And so worked it, went down to Florida and it was essentially like I was working three full-time jobs, you mm -hmm. know? So it's like, I get up in the morning make sure mom eats, make sure she gets her medicine, make sure, you know, just like anything that she needs and that make sure the house is clean, all this stuff. Then yeah. I jump into my day job. And then at night, after I make sure my mom's good and in bed, I jump in and do the live and amplified thing. So it was like all this stuff. And I did that for three months straight. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a lot. And I was just like, okay. And then I got home and it's like, well, I got to keep myself busy because I, I can't just sit here and soak about things. My mom wants me to keep doing, my mom wanted me to keep doing all this stuff. So kept myself busy. And then about three weeks ago, I just started getting that burnout and I'm like, I need to probably need to take a break here. And so after next weekend, I've got a nice six week, not doing nothing about nothing. Nice. So, and it's, <laughs> I mean, funny. Cause I was trying to find ways to keep myself busy during those six weeks. And I'm like, wait, what am I doing? I'm purposely trying to make myself busy turning the time that yeah. I need to take a break. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and hopefully I can get my, get my head on. Right. So. Yeah. I hope so too. It's well needed. It's like, I feel like we are all really like obsessed with this idea of being productive mm -hmm. and very rarely we allow ourselves to just be ourselves, like to just be without having to be like fidgeting with something, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think what the real breakthrough moment for me, and you can kind of chime in and tell me if this was kind of a breakthrough moment for you, is about a month ago, I realized that I was just kind of going through the motions and I wasn't enjoying what I was doing and I wasn't mm -hmm. like absorbing who I was talking to or what was going on. So there's like a good stretch of interviews that I did that it was just kind of like, I'm listening, but I'm not retaining what's going mm -hmm. on. If, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and so like, even on even for like you, it's like, did you experience when you were kind of going through where you felt like you were really starting to burn out? was there a point where you just felt like musically you were going through the motions or did you experience any of that? Yeah, I felt it. Um, so in my, the way I feel the burnout with music is when I just feel like I'm not able to like really craft what I'm creating. Like mm -hmm. if I feel like I'm rushing to a, dead, a deadline and I'm just doing it because I have to meet a deadline. Like mm -hmm. I don't really take the time to really connect with what I'm creating and like maybe even in, like po polish it in a way that it can be even better than what it is. And, um, and also in, in terms of what you said, like kind of like dissociating a little bit, like mm -hmm. when I was teaching, sometimes I would feel like I would just be like in like automatic mode, mm -hmm. like just, just, you know, teaching and not really like 
being like really there. Like I felt like a, like a zombie in a way, <laughs> like even getting back home, I just felt like a zombie, like, you know, wake up, go to work, come back, go to sleep, wake, like, it's just like this routine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But since I decided to push the date for, for the next release, I've been working with, a. Uh, uh, my my voice teacher, uh, she's been helping me mainly with like uh, the pronunciation of the words because my my next song is also gonna be in English and I tell her like I want it to sound more natural the way I speak in English and she's been helping me with that so she has to see my lyrics to know the words I'm saying and she like we she's been really helping me like really like craft it like be like oh this you could get rid of this word or you could change it for this other word that may flow a little better. Um, so it's like, that's the things that I don't have time to do if I'm just rushing it. If I'm just like, Oh, it has to be by this time. And you know, like you cannot really rush art, you know, like, and yeah. we all know it, but we all feel pressure to, to meet a deadline, but in reality it takes time yeah. to make it. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, before we kind of jump in and talk about your upcoming releases, I did want to take mm-hmm. a step back and talk about the yeah. music video for Shine, uh-huh. which I was watching. I've watched a few times over the last few days, oh, and you. I really enjoy the music video. Is that you recorded that in Tampa, right? Or you filmed yeah. it in Tampa? We filmed it in, in Tampa, yeah, back in oh. February this year. Okay. Uh, what's kind of the first off before we jump too deep into the music video what's the story behind shine and about how long has the song itself been kind of in the works uh that i'm I'm glad you mentioned it because i actually wrote this song in 2013 (laughs) i was taking a, a songwriting class online and um and the, the teacher would give you like exercises of like different ways to write a song. And that was one of the assignments that I had. And back in 2013, so that was like about like, maybe like seven years ago mm-hmm. or maybe eight. Um, so I wanted to put out a new song and I, I usually my songs are a little like darker and gloomy. Like I, I've gone through some experiences in the past that, you know, have made me write a lot about them but because of everything we went through last year in 2020 i was like i don't feel like putting out something sad or something angry like i want to put out something that would make people smile and i already had that song and i was like i always wanted to actually do something with this song and like put it out so i just went back to it um you know maybe improve the lyrics a little bit um and so when we record, when I recorded it, like it really took a turn that I wasn't expecting, uh, you know, like you get ideas as you do it, put more parts to it. Then I got uh, my husband and my brother-in-law involved because my husband is a producer. Mm-hmm. My brother-in-law is a, uh, an audio engineer. So like they hopped in and like did their thing with the production and like with the mixing and um so yeah it was like a team like a family teamwork in a way and I was really happy that you know it it came out of the closet with that song um is finally out (laughs) after all these years yeah and so did you recorded the song in Boston and then did the music video in Tampa correct yeah (laughs) I recorded the so my last two singles I recorded them from home yeah um in this room actually (laughs) and 
uh, yeah, so we, I don't remember how I got the idea of filming the video in Tampa. Um, like we had just got like nice, like we, we got the iPhone 12. So mm -hmm. like, like the camera is really nice and we got like the lighting and like the, um, stabilizer. like the thing, yeah, the stabilizer. So we were just like, yeah, why don't we just do it in Tampa? It's like something different, you know, because here it was still, that was back in February. So here in Boston, it was still cold. Yeah. And I was not like, like there was still some snow in the ground. I'm like, I don't think that's kind of like the kind of um, the, the vibe. scenery I want. <laughs> yeah. So we went for to Tampa because it was my husband's birthday and we went for the Super Bowl too. Oh, nice. So, uh, so it was like that Super Bowl weekend and we just filmed that video there and he filmed, my, my husband filmed it and I was just like doing the, the dancing and <laughs> all of that. Yeah. What, and so as far as like the creative elements to it, was that a hundred percent you or was it a combination of you and your husband or like what, who kind of came up with the creative for the music video? So I, I kind of told him what I wanted and he was just kind of following along, but uh, usually he would suggest things like maybe here you can do this or you can mm -hmm. walk this way or, or go around. But I wanted it to be very like um, casual like not too elaborated because the whole song is about being yourself. And I was like, I just got to be myself in this video and I love dancing. So I'm just going to dance in whichever way I feel like the music guides me <laughs> to do it. And, uh, and actually the, the scene where, where I'm walking in the beach and I'm like wearing the, like the jacket, uh, it was pretty cold that day. Actually, I was freezing while I was doing that. I don't, it was pretty cold in Tampa that day, but I, we were not planning on shooting that. Like, we were there, we had the camera and we were like, oh, why don't we just film something here that we can add? And and we did it. And yeah, so I think it, it, it was a lot of my, my ideas and just my husband kind of helped me uh, film them. And sometimes he would like uh, suggest a few things. But in terms of editing, I did all the editing um, with like a combination of my phone and the computer. Is that something you had to teach yourself how to do was edit or had you had experience doing that before? I had some experience because my first job after I graduated, graduated from UMass was uh, I was a media producer at UMass uh, for uh, the e-learning department. Mm -hmm. So they had me make uh, a lot of tutorial videos and like promotional videos oh, for. That's for really this. cool. Yeah. So that's how I learned. Like they gave me all the tools that I needed to learn. They gave me access to, um, like online courses and taught myself, but through online courses. So yeah, yeah, oh, that's really cool. That's really awesome. And then I, I, I don't want to gloss over the fact that you'd mentioned that Shine you wrote back in 2013, mm -hmm. uh, obviously, and then eight, yeah, roughly eight years later, you decided to record it, release it, and uh, do a music video. Why do you think it took you so long to kind of? realize okay it's time for me to release this <laughs> um i think it's so it's i feel like i'm i'm kind of like a late bloomer in a way like it, it takes me a lot of time to, to do things like, like i mentioned on that on that video that i posted recently like i i do most of the things on my own like i don't really hire anybody to do mm -hmm. it I, I would love to hire someone but i really like working on my own because then i can just like spend like, you know, do it in, on, in my way, you know, uh, 
but I think, um, so I, I was, I, I was doing a lot of things between when I wrote that song and, and when I released it, I, like I meant, well, first of all, I was focusing on school to yeah. graduate. I still had a few years left. And then I was working with a, with a different, with a band. I was a violinist in a band. So I was very focused on that project for a long time. And then with, uh, with everything I learned with that band, I felt more confident to start working on my own music. And that's how I put out my first song in 2018, which uh, is New Namas. It's a song in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it's like, okay, I think I can do another one. And I think I can do another one. But honestly, I, I write a lot, but I have a ton of songs just like stored, like a ton of ideas like yeah. uh, that I write. And I just feel like, like I don't really like write a song and then release it. I just go back and see what I can what I feel like completing at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> and then I choose one and I finish it and then I polish it, record it and release it. So gotcha. So yeah. that actually kind of brings up another interesting question from, okay. So for shine from when you wrote it originally in 2013, mm-hmm. how much did it change and like kind of evolve to mm-hmm. the point where you decided, okay, we're ready to release it. It, it changed a lot. Um, like the idea of the song was still the same, like the idea of being yourself and Mm -hmm. like something I want to say about that song is that I actually love makeup and I actually love dyeing my hair of different colors. But like what I was thinking in that song is like, just the way you are, you're perfect. Like everything else is just to enhance who you are, who you already Mm -hmm. are. So something I wanted to include to making that song what I wanted to make it more gender inclusive like I wanted it to be uh in a way that it could be relatable relatable to everyone mm-hmm. like not only if you're a, a woman or female or or if you're a man like I, I want you to no matter your gender like to feel that like whichever way you identify you're beautiful the way you want to identify as yeah. so I feel like in that in that aspect, that's the one thing that I became aware of that I included on the song. But other than that, like the main idea of it stayed the same. And also, like I had no idea it was gonna end up being such of like a kind of like electric electronic beats. Like I had no idea how the backing track was gonna be. And I'm but I'm really happy with how it came out in the end. Yeah, it's a yeah. really good song, and the music video is just kind of a nice complete package behind it. And um, I was really glad that I sat down and took the time to listen to the, or not listen to the music video, watch the music video. Oh, thank you. It's a really good job. And I I really appreciate it when independent musicians take the time to put thought into their music videos and kind of not, I don't want to say do the best they can, but do the best they can. Like I didn't, that's not really what I want to say, but that's what's coming to mind right now (laughs) as far like produce the best quality that they can. Yeah. Um, You know, so I I really appreciate that. And I always enjoy love watching uh, uh, independent music videos like that. Um, So kind of coming into current day, I, we'd mentioned that you had some releases that you were going to, you were going to release a single. What was it? August? It was supposed to be in August. Yeah. August. You were supposed to release a single in August and then you got 
uh, then obviously, like we had talked, the burnout started coming in. And mm-hmm. so now it's looking like 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the current plan as far as releases? You know, all that fun stuff. Yeah, so for 2022, I have planned to release this, sing- this new single. And I actually have more songs that I've always felt like they kind of belong together because I grow them after a particular experience that I went through and um, and they are all surrounding the same topic. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking like that might be the perfect setup for an, for my first EP, mm-hmm. which uh, I would, I, uh, my, my goal eventually is to put out an album, but I'm like, okay, step by step, <laughs> first singles and I want to try the EP. So I'm hoping um, by the summer next year, I'll have the EP completed. Uh, maybe a couple of singles before that. Um, I already have like the, the single um, that's going to be released next year. Um, it's already in the process of being recorded and mm-hmm. uh, all of those fun things. But um, yeah, so like I, I'm really, you know, I'm really trying to do it in a different way this time where it's like I give myself enough time to do it and I know that eventually the burnout is going to come again and, you know, the, the rush and like the stress is going to come again, but I want to be smarter about it. I don't want to feel like I had to cram it all and push myself to do it by a certain time. Like I want to pace it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the burnout's coming or it's going to happen. You went through it once already. So, you know, like, okay, I'm starting to feel this way again. I need to either pull it back a little bit or, you know, like figure out how to prepare for it. So mm-hmm. well, that's re- really good that you're aware that the burnout's going could very well happen again. I'm not going to say it's going to happen again, but <laughs> yeah. very well could happen. Could happen, yeah. Um, so I, I just wanted to make that little side note before we kind of jump into the EP because – you know, in today's modern, I, don't, I hate using the phrase modern music business because it seems so like the music business is so different than it was two years ago, let alone, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years ago. I, you know, you see a lot of musicians kind of staying in that single realm, like they're just releasing those singles, those singles, those yeah. singles, but it, it's in that world of, having to stay on top of the Spotify algorithm and getting uh-huh. instead of releasing the old model of releasing a full length album every two years or whatever it is, it's like, yeah. no, you got to release a single like every two months yeah, or people forget about you, you know? Yeah. And on the independent level, that's even harder because it's like, not everybody can afford to do a like unless it's like yourself where you have the ability to record in your own home and you know have a like really professionally studio quality you know studio yeah. quality recording it's not cheap to go into a studio and record and having to release a single every two months it costs the same if you're doing one or if you're going into the studio to do one single or you know like because they do it by by the day they charge mm-hmm. day rates not so much per song so yeah exactly <laughs> you know it, yeah it's more cost effective for an independent artist to go in and do three four or five songs yeah and then yeah so um so it's interesting that you 
you're you're considering the EP and like there's definitely a market for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. There's a market for the EP because I don't uh, we'll talk about like your touring aspirations and show gig, you know, like playing shows and all that stuff here in a mm-hmm. little bit. But unless you're like actively doing that, having an EP or an LP is just kind of I don't want to say a waste, but it's hard to justify that, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Uh, but being a young musician, it's like having that EP, it's just kind of like, I did it. It's one mm-hmm. of those I did it moments, so. Yeah. I completely understand. Um, what, you you mentioned that you had um, most of the songs kind of picked out for this EP, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what went into that song selection process? Um, it was that a lot. Uh, most of the songs were written either during the same time period or about the same topic. Um, in a way, about like um, I would say, in, in a way, about like re- repression in a certain way. Um, either. Uh, one, a few of the songs are written from my experience as a woman in the music business, like working with like a very like male dominated, um, you know, scene where like, I even like the band where I was with, I was the only woman in it. So even like the, for me, like for the first time working with a team that is just like male, um, for majority like male members. So like kind of how, the members reacted to me and to my opinions and to like what I had to say about it. Like sometimes I, I would feel like maybe I wasn't taking, taken, I wasn't being taken seriously or that maybe sometimes I wouldn't feel free to express myself because it would be misinterpreted or like taken in the wrong way. Um, so a few of the songs are based on that idea of like not feeling like you can be yourself um, because people might judge you, mm-hmm. but also and a few of the other of the songs, which is um, one of the singles that I put out during the pandemic, um, which is called We Let You Go. Uh, that single was also written in that time. And it was about um, when you leave a, a very like bad situation, like an abusive mm-hmm. environment, uh, which which was what all these songs were inspired by, by um, uh, an experience I had in an abusive relationship. So it, they all talk about the point of view of like, what does it feel to be in it? What does it feel to be free from it? And even like one of the songs talk about like what what would it be if I wasn't being, if I wasn't able to get out of it? And I actually you know maybe never made it out alive you know like because it's one of those situations where you could have lost your life um so it's like very, uh, darker topics than shine you know and even than my next single too which is still a little more in the positive light but i do want to put them out because i feel like i have to let them out of my system mm-hmm. um i feel like for me it's like a ritual of passing of being like okay like this happened like eight years ago I survived, I'm fine, I'm happy now. Um, and maybe maybe someone needs to hear this. Maybe someone needs to just, I feel identified with, with this experience that maybe they went through. 
as well. And and that's been a, a conflict that I, it's been in my head. Like, like, is it a good idea to put out this music after, you know, a song like Shine? Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's also part of, of my experience, you know, part of what I've been through. So I think it's important yeah. to put it out. Well, at least for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, for the single, the upcoming single release, mm-hmm. have you released uh, the name for it or what single it is? Yeah. I, um, I performed it a couple of times already. And actually there's an interview. I, I had it, um, but I think it's on Facebook that I also played it. And it's, it's kind of like, it's changed since I performed it. Like I've changed the lyrics a little bit and maybe I added a few things, but um, I'm thinking, I, I haven't decided the title yet. Okay. <laughs> That's the one no, thing. It, it's still very much... <laughs> The work, not a work in progress, but there's still some things that are being worked out on it. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. But do you, do you have an idea when you'd like to have it out? But obviously, you've mentioned 2022, but are you thinking January, February? Like, when are you kind of thinking? I'm thinking either mid January or beginning of February. Okay. Yeah. And would you do another music video for that one, or is it just kind of wait and see? I, th- I would love to make a music video too for it. I have some ideas already. And actually, like, I was already thinking about filming the music video because I have the demo of the song that is mm-hmm. what's going to be like the basis of like the final mm-hmm. um, track. And I, the song is a lot about, um, it's kind of like inspired by road trips in a way. Mm-hmm. So we actually did a road trip recently from Florida to to Boston, and I was thinking about filming it during that road trip, but uh, it just I mean, things happened too. Like they, they, it didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, I filmed a few things, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted. So I was like, I think I'll take that idea now, evolve it in some yeah. other way. Yeah. You know, it's always funny when you have this idea or this aspiration of doing something like like filming a music video on a road trip and then you kind of get in the moment and it's like nope this just it's not right or it's not right or it's not like i'm not feeling the vibe or whatever yeah so it's always interesting when that kind of yeah it's like that so like it worked out really nice for shining Tampa, but it didn't really work out, worked out for this. Also because I think we were tired, <laughs> like during the road trip, it was like long road trip, you know, from Florida to Boston. So we were like, yeah, like, I don't really feel like, you know, doing this right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very yeah. well aware. I, I take several road trips myself and it's like the trip there, it's like, I've got all the energy I want to do 800 million things. It's like, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to do this. And then on the way back, it's like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I know. I'm good. Yeah. Let's, let's just get home. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm so tired and done right now. So, yeah. Is, it, is that something you like doing? Do you road trip to, from Boston to Florida often or do you go other places or? So we usually fly to to Florida, but that time we went down because we were picking up a car that uh, my my husband's mom was giving us. So we went down, picked up the car, and we drove it back. But we partially took a train too, like the auto train Mm -hmm. from Florida to D.C. So 
it was nice, but it wasn't very like glamorous. That's why I was like, ah, like, I don't know. It doesn't really, I don't look how I want to look right now. I was a mess because I was so tired from all of it. But uh, yeah, so, so yeah, but it was really fun. And um, I would love to road trip more. Like I, I, I travel a lot through airplane, but I, I, I want to do a, a road trip, like maybe like a, yeah. like coast to coast. Oh, yeah. That would oh, be great. I've, yeah. I've got the dream aspiration road trip of going from the Florida Keys. So like super south Florida all the way up to Seattle. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that is like my dream road trip. And just one day when live and amplified's like just really kicking, it's like, yo, we're gonna go from Florida, we're gonna go from the Florida Keys and drive up to Seattle and stop at every show we see or mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is so yeah that, that is the dream road trip yeah. I, i've kind of been in one of those situations where i i should fly more than i do but i just can't stand flying i hate going through tsa <laughs> yeah I, you never know who you're gonna get set sat next to and then yeah. you're at the mercy of the airport and mm-hmm. it's just like i don't enjoy it like that, everybody's yeah. like yeah but you save so much time and it's like no. kind of <laughs> that's funny because it's uh when we took the the train from florida to dc um yeah. i loved it like in, even though i was really tired and hungry and we didn't have our own food so we had to eat like the awful cafeteria food yeah. <laughs> from the train oh, yeah. I, I really liked it because it's different from an airplane where like you're stuck in your seat they don't let you get up like if you go to the bathroom you just go there and back you know like you're not allowed to stay up and on there on the train you can get up and walk to the cafeteria being the table there you can see like the The, like the outside observatory car yeah and then you know go downstairs like you can walk and move around and yeah it takes longer but it's not you're not stuck with no service uh on your phone like you can read you can watch yeah. movies you can like even work on your computer do whatever like you want it yeah see th- that kind of traveling i really enjoy because you get to see parts of the country that you'll nobody like not a lot of people get to see like mm-hmm. i i took i've only taken a long distance train trip once in my life and it was uh in 2014 my grandpa had passed away and so i was living in new mexico and i took the train from new mexico to chicago because that's where i'm from originally Mm -hmm. um and i took the train just because it was like a hundred dollars round trip got me to and uh to and from where i needed to be in a reasonable time and i was just sitting there and i woke up on the train at like two in the morning and I could, we were in the middle of Kansas, maybe I like, I'm not hundred percent sure where we were, but I just look out there and I'm like, this is incredible. Like you're not going to get this on an airplane. You're yeah. not going to get this in a car, you know? So I, I definitely enjoy, like, I don't, I, the, the time difference and the wasting of the time, I don't really, that yeah. doesn't really bother me. So yeah, no, but no, that, that's really cool that you had the opportunity to drive from Boston or, well, I guess technically not drive from Boston to Florida, you from Boston to DC, right? Is that the more accurate? 
we we drove from dc to boston yeah we took the train from florida to dc then from um rode the car from dc to boston cool cool so you got the um music video out now it's kicking butt you got the uh upcoming releases what's and then hopefully the ep coming out later next year where are you kind of at creatively right now are you just like actively writing or are you kind of more focused on the production end of things where are you kind of at creatively right now creatively right now i'm between writing new stuff (laughs) and recording the new song Mm -hmm. so i actually something i still need to do before uh like probably like a month ago this room was all padded like it had like all the soundproof things but because this is my also my office where I worked, I was starting to feel all like like claustrophobic about it. I was like, I just don't like being here because it feels like all closed up. Like I'm not liking it anymore. So we took everything down. We painted. And we bought a new carpet, new desk. Like I made it look like way nicer. And I'm gonna pad it up again. Like I'm gonna soundproof it again, but a little nicer so it doesn't look so ugly because <laughs> it wasn't looking very nice. And um. But we got ready another room that's right behind me, yeah. um, uh, like to record. So that's all set up. I'm already like recording a few things, you know, the yeah. parts. And uh, but since I'm teaching songwriting right now uh, at the public schools, like I've been just you know learning a lot. Like even though even though I've I've learned it in the past, like you know you keep on learning and yeah. I have to find new songs to, to show the students. And then I have to research about the songs to tell them like important facts about the songs or interesting facts about the artists. So that in that in itself, like I've learned a lot. So it's been inspiring me to write a lot and I'm just writing ideas down all the time and writing on the train yeah. <laughs> and everywhere I can. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, so obviously writing and recording and with COVID, it's obviously going to be a little bit different as far as playing live shows, but during a non COVID year, how often are you usually playing live shows? Before COVID, I was performing like at least two or three times a month. Okay. Like I was doing it a lot. Like I really slowed down now also because like, I'm not part of any ensembles right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm like, trying to focus on my, I don't want to call it a solo project because even though it's, it's my name right now, it's because like, it's just like my music in itself, but I, I want to get a few more people involved at some point and um, make it more of like a group project. So, but I feel like uh, eventually next year, I want to start performing again. Um, I've been, I've performed a, a few times on my own this year, but it's main, been mainly acoustic, mm-hmm. like, um, like with a, well, playing sort of acoustic. Yeah. Cause playing, I have, are you playing the ukulele or are you playing the guitar or when you say acoustic? It's a ukulele, but I got this really cool Fender, uh, electric ukulele, oh, okay. which is like very easy to, um, amplify, you know, without a microphone and then. It has a tuner in it and I can use my pedals with it. So I've been doing that a lot, but I also want to, I want to make it a lot, a little more interesting to actually perform like at night shows and make mm-hmm. it like entertaining yeah. and not so much like soothing, you know? Yeah. yeah so, I 
so yeah, like I, I'm doing, I'm getting that in the works. Um, I mentioned that I got a few um, better equipment to, to make that happen because my current computer right now is not handling it very well. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. I'm going through that one myself. Like yeah. <laughs> I, it's my dad called me the other day. He's like, Hey, so Christmas is coming up. And I'm like, Hey, unless you want to buy me a new computer, I don't want to talk about it. Right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, I completely understand. Yeah. Um, and so it, the goal kind of moving forward down the line is to eventually get some kind of a band around you and create. Yeah. Um, create a, I, I don't want to use the word project because that just entails that like everybody's interchangeable, but like a mm -hmm. band ensemble type. Yeah, I, I I think the thing with having a band is that I don't want them to feel like it's my project. Like, I, um, I would like it to, in a way, like, to be like, like bring the, the ideas to the table, like the lyrics, but also so like... You'd uh -huh. like it to be where you have a group of musicians, you like almost like a real band they it's a group of musicians with a common interest and it's everybody's communal music right is that, is that kind of where you're going in a way yeah but more like uh like sort where of like it, team. where uh -huh. you're making the suggestions and then they kind of like you you have an idea for a song and they're like oh well I think this bass line would be really cool for that or guitar riff or drum solo or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like something like that, more like in the instrumental part than the lyric part. Yeah. Uh, I would love to, to work with someone to write lyrics, lyrics collaboratively, mm -hmm. but I feel like that would be like the next step, you know, like yeah, that's, a, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And then hopefully you brought up playing more shows and all mm -hmm. that fun stuff. Shows are so fun to go to. Yeah. Uh, where's one place that you haven't played yet that you'd really like to? Like in, in Boston or in general? Uh, in general, like just any place in general. I feel like I would love it. In Mexico City, there is this really cool venue mm -hmm. that um, it's, it's really interesting because it was really close to my dad's house and it was both both a music venue for um, touring bands. Mainly, it was mainly bands that are a little more like underground. Um, maybe not so much here in the U.S., but if they went to Mexico, they wouldn't fill up the stadium. You know, it's like a little like smaller crowd who likes them. So all the, the, the like, Frog bands and the metal bands and like yeah. the rock gothic bands were would play there because it's a small venue but it was a really cool one and um, so I I would love to perform there sometime but here in Boston I I had the chance to perform at the Sinclair which is like a very cool music venue here but I would love someday to perform at the House of Blues <laughs> here <laughs> in Boston or. Any, any, like, I mean, there's several House of Blues. Yeah. Anyway, because, like, I, I lived in Florida for a little bit and I used to go to the House of Blues in Orlando all the time. Mm -hmm. The place is awesome. I love it so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, no, that's really cool. Um, so, 
before I kind of start wrapping this up, because I didn't realize we've been going for almost an hour already. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, outside of music, uh, w- w- obviously teachings are a very important part of your life, but when you mm-hmm. need to kind of escape from everything, when you were going through those burnout moments and you just kind of needed to escape from everything, what were some of your hobbies? What were some of the things that you had turned to? So my hobby that I've, I've been loving for like maybe like five years now is gardening. Um, everything, anything that has to do with plants. Of course, like there's a limited time for that here in Massachusetts, like mainly from like April to like November, maybe October. Seems like when you, you know, grow your seeds and then you harvest everything. So gardening has been really important for me to keep me sane. <laughs> like, you know, going to my yard, well, my little garden that I have and like watering it and planting everything mm-hmm. and yeah. harvesting the things. But recently I've been uh, getting into roller skating. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so it's like, I, I used to skate a lot when I was younger and now it's like, I wanna try it again. And it's kind of like, for some reason, roller skating, roller skates became like very popular this year during the summer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really get to do it during the summer, but I finally got myself a, a pair of roller skates. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, my neighbor also did, like, uh, we're friends and we go out together and like skate and try to learn <laughs> in the street. And like, nice. we fall and we keep it like safe though, because I'm yeah. like, I don't want to break any bones. But <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. You definitely <laughs> don't want to break bones. Yeah. Oh, what do you like to garden? Like, what's your go to, uh, yeah, vegetable? uh, i've tried many things so for a couple of years i did tomatoes and peppers and Mm -hmm. um what else like zucchini um but i end up with so many tomatoes like i i can give them away but it's like so many of them that i don't end up like eating them all yeah or like they go bad so i was like this year i want to try something different and this year i grew um like herbs like uh mint and rosemary and i like that like i feel like i have more of a use uh for that especially Mm -hmm. if you if you dry them out and don't put them in jars like you can use them over time like it's not like it goes bad and then you have to throw it away once you dry them out they're good like i mean not good but like they last a while. Yeah, they, they yeah. last a lot longer. I, I, for the last two seasons, I've been trying to grow cayenne peppers. Oh, but in my what? Because I live in an apartment where I have to put the plant potter thing, like the pottery plant. Mm-hmm. I don't get enough sunlight, mm-hmm. and so like every year, it's like, okay, where where's the sun coming in? Okay, it's mm-hmm. right there. So I try and raise the plant. To that point and every year i get it to this past year i got it to the point where it was going to getting ready to bud and then it just stopped growing and i'm like dang it like, <laughs> no. i just can't get it right so yeah it, it, it's an ongoing battle in one of these years i will get yeah cayenne, i will get my cayenne peppers to grow yeah they also sell a lot of uh, indoor, like, planters that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, they come with everything you need. Like, it comes with the light, so they yeah. grow straight. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and the, yeah. Worst comes to worst, that is my fail-safe. <laughs> yeah. I have a feeling in the next year or two, I could 
very well end up back out in New Mexico. And that's where I'm going to just like fully immerse myself into planting or like, yeah, and planting. So there's no shortage of sun out in New Mexico. Oh, yeah. So. I'm surprised I'm able to do it where I live because I also live in an apartment, but we have a little, um, like, it's not a yard. It's like a little, like, just patch of dirt. <laughs> like, yeah. And I've been using it for, like, maybe, like, five years, and I just kind of, like, move the dirt and, you know, like, com- do compost so mm-hmm. that the dirt gets better every year. But it's, like, not that big. It's, like, probably, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know a lot about feet and stuff, but like, yeah, it's, it's not that big of a space, but gotcha. you know, but I, I make it work in a way and the sun hits it at the right time in the right way. So I think that also helps. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Um, but I don't want to keep you too much longer because I yeah. know there's a time difference going on here. It's starting to get late by you, but um, if people want to check out your music, they want to check out any, Oh, I, I don't know what your show schedule is looking like, if you got anything for the rest of the year or not, but if they want to check out any upcoming shows, releases, where's the best place for them to do that? I feel like they can find everything in my website, um, which is hannahshizde.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram. I always post about every show I have and every release I have, which my handle is also hannahshizde, hannah.shizde. On TikTok, I'm Hannah Loves with C music. <laughs> yeah. What's been your favorite social media platform to interact on over the last two years with the pandemic? It, at first, it was Instagram. I still like Instagram. Uh, Facebook, I don't like it a lot. I feel like Facebook really works against the creators, like you know, they really want you to pay for the promotion. So they really hide your stuff and don't let anyone see it. So I don't really have a lot of engagement on Facebook, but on Instagram, it's going pretty good. But lately, my favorite one is TikTok. <laughs> I just feel like it gives more opportunity for like creation. And mm-hmm. It's a lot more, less focused on the aesthetics. Yeah. It's more about like the how funny or how creative can you be? Yeah. about the one thing you're trying to talk about like you don't even need to look good you can just like film it when you wake up and <laughs> that's yeah yeah <laughs> i i don't have the personality for tiktok i try and upload some stuff every once in a while like it like every once in a while i'll take a clip from one of these podcasts and put it up there and it does okay but it's just like i'm not that passionate about tiktok yeah and maybe i should be but i don't i don't know but I will say I have noticed on Facebook that a lot of my, a lot of our um, organic engagement that we were getting six months ago has died off like considerably. Like like the mm-hmm. organic engagement we were getting six months ago just isn't there on Facebook. Yeah. And it's just like, dang it, that sucks. Yeah. This- but uh-huh. I will say on YouTube, Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how this is happening or what's going on. Like we're not getting crazy numbers. We've always had a consistent viewership because there's a couple of things that we've uploaded that people uh we used to do like live performances and there's this um this blues musician that we worked with that he did a cover of a blues song and it's like a really good performance and a really good song and so like that kind of consistently gets views but over the last like 90 days 
just like uploading the podcasts and stuff, it's starting to like creep back up just organically. And I can't mm-hmm. figure, quite figure that one out, but. Yeah, um, yeah that's great. Yeah. yeah, like I think that the algorithm for the social media has changed a lot randomly. And yeah. unless they, the, the people who, you know, maybe the coders tweak yeah. something, then it changes because I noticed on TikTok, like the engagement I've been getting on TikTok right now, it hasn't been good at all. Like before, like I would least my I would li- at least get a hundred views on something. Yeah. The most I've gotten is like five thousand views on like one video. But right now, it's like none of my videos is getting past a hundred. Yeah. And then I looked it up, and a lot of people are going through that. It's like people who even have like thousands of followers are like, no one is watching. Like, what is going on? So it's like we're all just waiting for the algorithm to change again, to be like, okay, finally it's back where it used to be. Cause yeah. 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 It, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, they change it. There's an ebb and flow and it, you know, you, you just kind of, kind of ride the waves. And once you figure out how to not manipulate this algorithm, then you're on to the next one. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, here we go. So. Yeah. So it's a game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's a game and a gamble. <laughs> Social media game. Yeah. I love it. But uh, before I let you go here, I want to ask you one one question, mm-hmm. one fun kind of zany question. What's one thing you miss about Mexico City that you can't get in Boston? One one thing I miss. Um, well, there's two things. Can I say two things? Because yeah, I fine. feel like one of them has to be so I think the main thing is I miss my family, like yeah. which are not here in Boston. But the the second one, hundred percent, the food. <laughs> the food there is like it's kind of like in New York, where like everywhere there's food and it's not expensive. You know the street food is like so good, and you know you can get it anywhere around the corner, like mm-hmm. right outside your building. And I miss it. I miss it here. Like I, I'm I miss it being here. Like. Yeah. having that availability of great food everywhere <laughs> yeah I, I, I will say like i lived out in new mexico for four years mm-hmm. and one of the things that i grew not grew up loving but like i learned to love growing up in chicago was the mexican food just like mm-hmm. eating really good mexican food yeah and then i moved out to new mexico and i was like oh, great. I'm going to get some really good Mexican food, you know, just kind of, you know, really just live it up and gain a hundred pounds eating, you know, whatever. And then where I was at in New Mexico, they didn't have a single good Mexican restaurant. It was yeah. all like mediocre Tex-Mex, you know, yeah. like, and I'm like, I'm really disappointed. Yeah. So, and then I talked to a friend and they're like, well, that's because you're going to like all those fancy places. You got to go to that little hole in the wall over there or over mm-hmm. there. And I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> you're yeah. right. my bad. So the greedier, the better. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I love, uh, there's a, like an old lady that used to sell tamales out of the back of her car, like, oh, really? old, like a vacant lot. And then it would just be like tamales oh. on a sign. And it's like, yeah. With the big like pot. Yep. Old yeah. Yep. And she'd be like, you want spicy, not spicy, you know, like whatever you wanted she had. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, perfect. I love it. So <laughs> You're like, I want everything. <laughs> be all you got. So. Yeah. But um, it's been an absolute blast chatting with you. I've absolutely enjoyed it. 
Um, before we go, one last thing. Uh, what's one piece of advice you have for the young musicians out there? One piece of advice for young musicians is, I would say, just go for it. You know, like every opportunity that you get, take it. Like there's never, there's nothing, none of the opportunities you get are either too big or too little for you. Mm -hmm. Like any, anything goes a long way and you can learn from it all. And you never know what doors is going to open to. So yeah. 100% yeah. agreed. 100% agreed. Well, once again, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. It's been thank an absolute you. blast talking to you. I, I never know how these things are going to go, but uh, I was really glad that this went as well as it did. Um, yeah, me too. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you jumping on. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will catch you all later.